What community sounds like? Stay open. Hey guys, this is Chris from Tap the Craft. I want to tell you about a new partner that we have for the show, B-Cups. B-Cups is the world's first line of style-specific beer cups for people on the go. Whether by the beach, pool, hiking, or on the boat, B-Cups are great for any place you can't use glassware. They're dishwasher-safe, lightweight, BPA-free, recyclable, and so clear that they often get mistaken for glass. They come as four packs on Amazon.com, but two packs and variety packs are available on their website at bcups.net. That's B-C-U-P-S dot net. Go check it out. Welcome, craft beer friends, to Season 6, Episode 18 of Tap the Craft Podcast. I am Denny Luce, coming to you from Boise, Idaho, and my partner in craft, the dog whisperer and home brewer from Tampa, Florida, Mr. Chris McKenzie. How are you doing tonight, Chris, and what is in your glass? I'm doing great tonight, Denny. Had a shorter day at work, like I would imagine most people have been having. <laughs> um, and in my glass this evening, I'm drinking something local. Uh, actually, right down the street from our training facility, there's this lovely place called Tampa Beer Works, and they put out a beer called uh, Molten Chocolate Lava Cake Stout Part Two. Oh, sounds sweet. It, it, I yeah. So I haven't tried it yet. Oh, I was I was going. It's sitting in my glass, just waiting to be uh, consumed. But it's a barrel aged chocolate stout. Uh, from what I read earlier, uh, creamy chocolate stout that will leave you floating in space yeah oh. okay, that, that doesn't yeah that doesn't really <laughs> help but uh yeah it was it's it looked when it poured it it's a buck buchanan beer i oh, can't yeah. remember how he said it he said but it pours like motor oil uh and um it smelled sweet coming out coming out of the can yeah it smells like chocolate cake yeah you, you'll get the beaties oh yep i'm getting the beaties and that one this one's <laughs> This is going to be a sipper. This one's clocking in at 14.5%. Oh, that's light. Yeah. And it's um, surprisingly smooth for a 14.5% beer. So this could be an interesting show. Yeah. Well, good. You already claimed it's going to be short. It's going to be short. Yeah. Yeah. We had that long show last week. So, or last episode. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, what about you? How are you doing? And what's in your glass tonight? Well, I'm doing well, uh, just like uh, you and everyone else. I, I mean, I'm I'm assuming maybe you're not as active in in your uh, outings as you have been, but maybe the dog training business is business as usual. I don't know, but uh, I've been working half from home, half at the customer site for the last week, and uh, I'm hating it already. <laughs> I just like to go to work and and not. You know, just come home when I'm done and not have to try to, you know, juggle that, that, uh, you know, home and, and work thing all in the same building. Uh, it makes it tough because Sarah's been out of work also because they closed the schools down a week ago. Mm-hmm. So she's home not working and I'm home working. And, you know, that can be a problem because she thinks if I'm home, then, <clears throat> then she can, uh, you know, talk and chat and, you know, Bug me. Don't, don't give away your secrets. My secrets? 
Yeah, if she knows your home, don't give away your secrets. Yeah, yeah. But I'm doing well. I, uh, I've i been doing really well about not drinking. I, I told you before the show, I, I, I have a set rule. I don't drink until 4.30 uh, while I'm working at home. 4.30 somewhere, Denny. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, that was today. Today I, I, I came back. I actually worked longer at the customer site than I had planned. It was almost... It was almost a whole day. I basically only had two hours left in the day. Uh, and I decided I got home and I was tired. And I, I said, you know what? I'm drinking a damn beer. And I did. I popped open a beer, sent you a little selfie of it, say, hey, mm-hmm. it's already drinking time. So this show will be good because, you know, we're already drinking early. Now, did you did you walk into the house and did you did you say that out loud? I'm having a damn beer. <laughs> no, I should have. Ah, actually, actually, Sarah said, why don't you have a beer? And I said, you know what? I think I will have a beer. So she kind of egged me on. <laughs> She's a good wife. Uh-huh. But uh, but what's, what am I drinking right now? I am drinking also local beer from White Dog Brewing here in Boise, Idaho. And, uh, you know, I'll talk about, you know, the beers I've been drinking a little bit later. But uh, this is their Scotch Ale. And I'm enjoying it. Nice little uh, toffee notes and, and uh, the malt. And not too sweet. A little bit sweet, but not not coming across too sweet. Just really tasty beer. That uh, yeah, that I'm enjoying. I thought it was a nice, mellow, mellow beer for tonight's show. All right. Well, hey, talk about tonight's show. Let's get this show started. But before we start the show, I always like to explain to any new listeners out there what Tap to Craft Podcast is all about. We are an educational podcast. We focus around celebrating all things craft beer. We want to assist our listeners along in their craft beer journeys and adventures. And you are listening to episode 148. We're recording on Monday, March 23rd, 2020. And in this show, we our topic of the show will be the history of dry stout. Also with a, a slight style breakdown, a little mini breakdown of the style at the end of, of the history. But I mentioned in the last episode that if we didn't have Buck on talking about his brewery, that we would have probably had a topic on the Irish dry stout. So guess what? Uh, I decided to go ahead and have it a little bit after St. Patty's Day and talk about the dry stout, which, you know, I I left out the Irish because, uh, you know, there are more than just Irish dry stouts, even though Guinness is probably the you know most well-known Irish or dry stout. So it tends to be, you know, people think of it as Irish, but there are English versions of dry stouts too. And of course, you can count on Chris and I having some great conversation along the way. And uh, let's get this conversation started, Chris, because now it's time to untap the craft and see what our listeners are drinking according to Untapped. Yeah, well, we, I mean, St. Patty's Day got put on hold this year anyway, so yeah. I mean, it worked out just fine. <laughs> um, so it's kind of weird the way that I'm looking at our check-ins on Untapped right now. And, and if you guys want to be featured on our uh on our segment here, make sure you follow me on untapped at MCK one, three, four, five, so we can read your check-ins before we record. Uh, so it's going, uh, check-ins are going from a day ago to six hours ago, seven hours ago. So there's a 18 hour gap of no one drinking anything. Wow. I figured we would just have tons of check-ins that I would have to pick the, the best and the worst out of <laughs> uh, just because of uh, current scenario in the world. But, um, yeah, I mean, we're going to, I'm actually going to go a little further back just because, uh, you know, of what was 
of the, the number that we have. So we're going to start with uh, Jeff Seiler is drinking a Prairie Paradise. And he just writes, excellent Imperial Stout, vanilla and coconut, four caps. Nothing special out of that one. Um, and we're going to go moving on up to, uh, I can't read my own check-in. That's no good. Um, <laughs> Craft Beer Joe is drinking a robe by Streetside Brewery. And he gave out four and a quarter caps. And he actually wrote pairing well with a replaying of WrestleMania 30. Mm. Yeah, sadly, that WrestleMania got canceled. That was actually supposed to be here in Tampa. So mm. that got canceled. Um, ooh, I didn't even realize he was, had this one. This one's a good one. Uh, Craft Beer Joe again drinking the Bourbon Barrel Dire Wolf from 2017 and Wolf's Ridge Brewing, hmm. which is in central Ohio, mm -hmm. I believe. Yep, in yep. Columbus. <clears throat> uh, four and a quarter caps on that. Barrel has mellowed a lot. Really smooth with vanilla sweetness. And on to the next one. Jerry Hulk is drinking a Air by Surly Brewing Company. And he's uh, he writes, I don't know if I've had a dark lager before. This is pretty good. Have to try some more. Mm -hmm. Four and a quarter caps on the dark lager. This next one I'm actually kind of excited to read about. This is one of my staff members at the training facility. Kaylee Nault is drinking a pageant punch by Hidden Springs Aleworks. She gave that one five caps. And I messaged her and I said, because you checked into this beer at this time, mm -hmm. you're going to be mentioned on the podcast oh. tonight. <laughs> oh, she's famous now. Yeah, yeah. Her and her, uh, and we talk about her her dad, Leon, occasionally, mm -hmm. in his beer vault. Uh, so, yeah, uh, good choice on a beer, Kaylee. That's a really good one. Uh, moving up to Tara Carlson. She's drinking a Leaning Chimney Smoked Porter by Gray, Gray Sail Brewing of Rhode Island. And she writes, well, she gave this one a four and a half cap rating, too. Oh. That's pretty awesome. Um, beer for the family video chat. Someone <laughs> on. <laughs> hey, look, family. I don't know if family makes you drink or you're trying to enjoy beer with family. Either way. Good job. Uh, beer for the family video chat. Someone online was making glue vine which is a mulled wine if you're drinking it in Germany. Uh, but I'm counting my blessings with a smoked porter. Oh. That surprises me with her. Yeah. A smoked porter. A and a, at a high rating, too. Yeah. I, I would not imagine from the previous check-ins that we've read of hers that she would have rated a smoked porter so high. Mm. Hmm. That's pretty awesome. Uh, moving on up to Jeff Seiler again. He is drinking a Magnitude DDH, which I now know that stands for Double Dry Hop. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so fancy. Uh, by Crooked Stave Artisan Beer Project. And he writes, really tasty West Coast IPA, piney, citrusy, and crushable. Crooked Stave, nice stuff. Four <laughs> caps on that beer. And Jeff, again, I have to I have to read this one just because of your vocabulary choices on your check-in. Jeff, you're drinking a Going Full Caveman mm. by what looks like Dissolver. And he writes, a oh, good drink. Tastes like fruit from tree. Make my mouth happy, me likey. Uh, four caps for Going Full Caveman with Mr. Jeff Seiler. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, next one up from Mr. Chad Lamassa. Keeping that streak alive, Chad. Um, he's drinking an Irish Eyes by True Respite Brewing Company. Caramel malt for days. Awesome can art. Reminds me of Becky Lynch. He gave that one four and a quarter caps. And let's see. Mark Church 
He's drinking Trail Magic by Trek Brewing Company. Except this time it's not at Trek Brewing Company. No. And he writes, going to, can't go to the tap room, so had to get a keg for the house. I can't let my wife have withdrawals from her trail magic. Four and a half caps for trail magic, and it looks like he's pouring that right out of a kegerator at his home wow. into a Trek brewing glass. So he he knows how to you know wade his way through these uh, quarantine times. He just goes gets the whole keg. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't blame him. <laughs> I, I've been in talks with a couple of people uh, trying to do that, and then I was going to have to switch up some hardware on my... Uh, my beer tat on my kegs and i was like you know what i'll just go brew some more beer <laughs> good idea mm-hmm. and it would have been so much you know brew a batch of beer for 40 50 bucks yeah keg could cost me 100 150 dollars true uh johan hallberg is drinking an acme ipa by apex brewing company at bison's beer cave and he checks into there a lot uh, but apex brewing is located in sweden Whoops, clicking wrong buttons here. And he writes, this is awesome. Raising the score a bit. The hop combo of Vic Secret, Citra, and Mosaic is brilliant. Four mm. and a half caps uh, on that Acme IPA. And I'm going to refresh the screen here. Make sure, oh boy, people are drinking good. Norman Taylor is drinking a 420 Extra Pale Ale by Sweetwater Brewing Company. Uh, three and a quarter caps on that one. No notes. But uh, he wrote, oh, I'm sorry. He did put in notes sweeter than I remember, but still good. And then Florida Steve is drinking a Guggen Kook by Civil Society Brewing. Uh, super sweet. Perfect for the digital get it. <laughs> I... All right. I'm curious. Let's look a little further in. <laughs> so it's a double IPA. Uh so civil society writes on their end tab double ipa we brewed this beer with the homies at humble sea hopped with citrus strata uh, sabro and mosaic cryo hops and the killer artwork is done by the humble sea dudes (laughs) all right nice uh so he gave that one uh four caps and like i said super sweet perfect for the digital get it which i don't know what a get it is steve let me know let me know what i'm talking about here because I'm rambling it off some BS and I'm not sure what I'm talking about. And then Mark Connor, last but not least, is drinking a Juice Pants by mm. Maplewood Brewing Company at Valley Hills, which I'm not sure where Valley Hills is, but writes, hazy, juicy, slightly sweet with a nice light bitterness to finish it off. Four and a quarter caps in Valley Hills apparently is a housing development in Grainville, Grain Valley, Missouri. Now. There was a check-in earlier that I was supposed to read just because of where the person checked in, and now I feel that I have ruined it. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, man. Because that would have been good. It made me laugh when I read it. Crap. Oh, well. When I find it later. (laughs) Because it was a place, it was a, I do believe it was a place of ill repute. Oh. Which... Yeah, definitely made me laugh. Okay. So, wow. um, yeah, I guess we'll have to find it later. All right. Well, but if you, that's, maybe, that's what everybody's drinking. Oh, well, good. Yeah, that's not too bad. I like I like the uh, the length of that one. It was just right. Sometimes we get like a lot of people drinking <laughs> stuff, so this was a little yeah. bit a little bit more uh, doable. Oh yeah. So um, talking about drinking, uh, I really 
have been just stocking up my beer fridge with local local beer, uh, mainly because I want to support all of our local breweries that right now are all shut, basically closed their doors. Their tap mm. rooms are closed. They're uh, they they they're going and they're serving up their beer. Uh, they're like delivery. They're doing delivery. Mm-hmm. Some of them yeah. are doing delivery. They have their vans out and they're delivering beer. Some are uh, doing carry out. Uh, you know, they're, some are doing online sales that are they're trying to you know sell stuff. I mean, they're all trying to make things happen. But right now, they're you know the main the main point of income for these breweries is is foot traffic. A lot of it, and and also if they are selling out in the other establishments, is the traffic there, which is now gone. So. I, I just told myself that I'm pretty much just going to keep buying a whole lot of local beers, just trying to, you know, if I keep buying them, then at least they have some money coming in to help them stay alive until they can weather out this this coronavirus thing. So it's been, been a rough time. So I don't have any events because I've kind of been, like, holed up in the house. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but Chris, you, you have some beer stuff you want to talk about. Yeah, nothing uh, super exciting. Well, it'll be exciting in about two, three weeks. Uh, I brewed another batch of beer yesterday. Mm. And um, since it's now March, almost April, by the time this is ready, it'll be mid-April. Basically, summer will be kicking off for us here. And uh, we'll be able to enjoy a nice summer ale. And um, I went into the homebrew shop and actually got to try one of my new and noteworthy beers that we're going to talk about. But they didn't have the exact ingredients according to the recipe that they had listed. So we kind of tweaked the recipe a little bit. So it's basically going to be turning into a pale ale with lemon peel. Which, oh, uh, yeah. I, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. So we had to, we had to swap out a couple of different ingredients and uh, just we'll see what turns out. Yeah. Well, good. At least, and you'll have some beer to, to last you through... Uh... You know, extended shutdown because you know all those uh, spring breakers down in Florida—they're going to be spreading this coronavirus all over your state. Yeah, I don't. That, that's, that's a sore <laughs> subject. So you I'm need gonna, to make sure you're prepared for uh, the long, gonna, the long haul. I'm going to spread it all over Boise. Well, you know mm-hmm. what? I, I, we may have to reconsider your trip here if everything's closed it'd be, pretty, it'd be a pretty boring trip if we can't go anywhere i know and yeah, we'll see <laughs> all right well um i i haven't been drinking anything uh noteworthy per se but i will say that I, I i just mentioned that i've been drinking a lot of stuff locally i've been buying a lot of six packs and my beer fridge has is, is been completely full for two weeks every time i i drink a six pack i put a new one in there so I'm keeping it fully stocked just in case everything gets shut down and I can't go out and get, get any more beer. I want to make sure I'm prepared. So I thought I would just li- list off uh, some, of the, you know, some of the beers I've been you know, putting in that fridge because I like to have a variety. So of the, of the local stuff here in the Boise area, I have Payette Brewing's Flyline Vienna Lager and their North Fork Lager and their Mutton Buster Brown Ale. I have White Dog Scotch Ale I'm drinking now. Uh, Sockeye's Horse... Horse Thief Hazy IPA and their Maybach. Their Maybach was just released, a seasonal release. Uh, Mother Earth Syntax Imperial Stout and their Cali Cream and Ale. I always got to have some Cali Cream in there. That's a good beer. Yeah. And then uh, going up uh, to the east 
I do have uh, Grand Teton's Bitch Creek Brown Ale, which is one of my favorite beers. We don't get that in town very often, but when I do see it in stock, I go and grab a six-pack every time I see it because I love that beer. Uh, then I'm also mixing in some stuff that's still, you know, not in the state, but uh, in the states next to me. Uh, so Firestone Walker's 805 Blonde and their Mind Haze, uh, Hazy IPA, uh, Fremont Brewing Sky Kraken Pale Ale, uh, and Iron Horse Brewing's uh, Quilt, Irish Quilter's Death, which I really like that beer. So I, I've i been drinking a lot of variety. And uh, like I said, my beer fridge is completely full. I can easily go a month maybe with without having to go out and buy a new beer. So hopefully I won't be quarantined for longer than that. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's kind of like we're running into the same thing here. Everything is... Uh... You can pre-order it, go pick it up, whether it be Crowlers or a local bottle shop. Um, they'll fill up Growlers for you and then, you know, bring it back out to you. Yeah, uh, so, they, so they've so stopped filling Growlers um, unless it's a brand new Growler. So, oh, really? Yeah, so, so the places that have Crowlers are doing really well because they can just crowl up a, a beer. But the, the Growlers are, you know, a lot of times they're wanting to have a fresh Growler so we don't have any chance of spreading, you know, the virus from an outside, you know, growler bottle or whatever. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you could, they could always just get a bath of Ida 4 or whatever. And I don't know. I'm, I'm sure maybe that doesn't kill this stuff. I don't know. I guess I need to read up on what actually kills, <laughs> kills this coronavirus. John, shoot us a text in a couple weeks and let us know. Yeah. Yeah. But John has a, a crawler machine now, right? Mm-hmm. I think he said so. So he's he's doing good. He's got the crawler. He can just yeah. crawl them up and send them out. Uh, it's just that we, like I said, we have a lot of breweries here that don't have crawling capabilities. They they do growler fills, but no crawlers. I bet you after all this, that's going to change, Dan. Yeah, they might. I mean, mm-hmm. I, <clears throat> I have to think that that with this uh, this current situation, nobody ever expected that. You know, we've seen this stuff in movies, but we never thought it would actually you know really happen. Where People are being told not to leave their house and businesses. If no one can visit them, you know, these, these businesses rely on people coming in and, and buying their products. And now they have to basically keep people out and lay off all their employees because they can't afford to keep them on. Uh, you know, that, that definitely, you know, if you're, if you're, you know, have tight margins and, and keeping a, a small brewery open and you rely on solely on, on people coming into beer, kind of like what what Core Four Brewing is doing, right? They're not they're not shipping beer out. They're not canning mm-hmm. it. They they rely completely on people coming into the brewery. Uh, so, yeah, I think people are going to have to start thinking of of other means to provide uh, their their beverages. And I think the crawling machine is a good option because yeah. it, you know they can get a good size of it. And they can you know pump them out, not like they're filling up twelve ounce cans or filling up you know thirty two ounce cans. So yeah, we'll see if more crowlers come about. Well, and that's tough because I mean, I I know that's quite a hearty investment to put into a brewery, especially when you're worried about uh money coming in. I yeah. mean, just a quick search on a a can seamer right now. I mean, l- super cheap, crappy versions coming in at about five hundred bucks, but mm-hmm. something a little higher end, you're coming in at three four thousand dollars. Yeah, plus. Yeah. 
you got to get all the cans and yeah. I'm sure you can't just buy them a hundred at a time. I'm sure you got to so, buy it. So, uh, you know what? I never added John's, uh, feedback that after we had that show and I, and he had, I had mentioned that he said he had to buy pallets of it or whatever. He mm-hmm. says they do now uh, allow you to buy smaller quantities. So it is, it is something that you don't have to have necessarily pallets of it stacked up in a, in a warehouse. You can actually yeah. order up in, in smaller sizes. Yeah, I would imagine it's still going to cost you about five to six thousand dollars to get up and running to do that, though. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for so, sure. All right, well, let, I'll. I did. Uh, I kind of. I stayed fairly local. Two of my three are right here in the Tampa area, but one beer I want to talk about that I got to try was when I went to go pick up all the ingredients to go brew my beer. So, walked into the brew shop. I uh, was just kind of gathering up some stuff, having conversation with the two guys behind the counter. And, you know, just BSing while we're gathering up there, you know, basically, uh, they've basically just been sampling a couple of beers here and there. And, um, I bring all my stuff up to the counter and one guy hands me a cup and he goes, here, give this a shot. This is uh Tangelo dream by Ludington or Ludington. Mm-hmm. If I pronounced it wrong. I'm sorry. Ludington Bay brewing company up in Michigan. And it was a, uh, I believe it was an IPA with uh, like with tangelos in it hmm. and it was very forward. Like um, I don't know if you guys, do you guys get heavy seas out where you are Denny no. from Baltimore? No. Okay. So they put out a beer other than their loose cannon. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> other than their loose cannon called Tropicannon and their, that series is an IPA series and Tropicannon has a lot of citrus fruit forward flavors to it not specifically from the hops, but because of the citrus fruits that they put in it. Mm. And it was very, I mean, it smelled like uh, those little clementines that you buy around Christmas time, which I've been finding those a lot more Mm -hmm. year round, but clementines was very, very forward in the nose and in the flavor too. And I got to try that beer. Um, and man, that, that was so good. Uh, the, the half of the solo cup that I got to drink that out of was very easy to drink and ended up giving it four caps on the rating. Um, probably had a lot to do with the uh the company or that i that i had don't even know these guys names but i was, <laughs> <laughs> I was there so it's the first time i've been into the homebrew side of that uh that company because they recently split up uh opened a brewery a couple miles down the road and then left their homebrew shop in the former location so they they moved to a bigger location for their brewery but it was a, a really good beer. I wish I could have a, a six pack of that. That was some good stuff. So Tangelo Dream by Ludington, uh, Ludington Bay Brew Company out of Michigan. Four caps for that. Hmm. Um, the next one, uh, I'm going to go as local here. It is a four-year anniversary Cafe Macchiato from Tampa Beer Works. And Tampa Beer Works is the same company who brewed the beer that I'm drinking right now. And... I gave this one 4.25 caps. It was a little on the sweet side Mm. and I not as sweet as the one I'm drinking now, but I went there right before I went to go visit my brother and, uh, and my brother came to visit, um, last weekend and I went to Tampa beer works because it's right down the street from our, from work. And I grabbed a little bit of everything that they had because he said, hey, bring me some good Tampa beer so we can try out some new stuff for him and and his two boys who are, uh, geez, my nephews are 26 and 24 now. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> and uh, 
And I went in there and I grabbed a four pack of their Juicy Fruit, which is one of my favorite IPAs. And they had a Belgian quad that you could just buy one single can of, which was okay. Um, and then they had the one I'm drinking, which is the chocolate, uh, molten chocolate lava cake stout. And then this four-year anniversary cafe macchiato stout. And I didn't really think anything of it. I just grabbed everything, put it on the counter. They said, here's your total. And I swiped the card and walked out the door. And then I realized when she said to me, hey, your total is going to be uh, $54. <laughs> I thought about it <laughs> after I walked out the door. <laughs> I was like, that seemed a little high, but I did have, you know, a fair amount of stuff. So, I mean, yeah, whatever. So, I started looking up that uh, four-year anniversary stout. Yeah, that, that 16-ounce can was $17. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I cringed when I saw that because I, <laughs> when I finally, yeah, when I saw that, I went, hmm. Come on. Maybe 22-ounce, you can get away with it, but 16, that's really yeah. pushing it. 16 ounce tall boy can't $17. We're talking about a <laughs> dollar plus an ounce. And it was good. It wasn't a dollar an ounce good though. <laughs> so 4.25 caps for me on that one. Yeah, that, that that's that's subtracting some of the uh cost the value. Yeah. There. Uh, and then I started reading the check-ins on it on untapped and one guy was like, yeah, I mean, it's good, but the hell if I'm going to pay $17 <laughs> for a can. And I was like, oh shit, that was me. I did that. <laughs> I mean, I wonder what they're selling it for. If, if you're paying 17 bucks for a 16 ounce can, what are you paying if you go to the brewery and drink it in a 10 ounce snifter? It's a 10 ounce snifter for $10. For $10? Yeah. that's. that's or it was, a, it was either, no, it might've been an, an eight ounce pour. Yeah, for 10 bucks, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, it was right in line with the price because uh, yeah. I did just check their menu on Untapped a minute ago before we started recording. And yeah, it, there were, they don't ever put prices in there, but I've never, you know, I've, I, I've grabbed four packs from them numerous times and don't think of anything of it. And I'm going to start checking from now on <laughs> because the one I'm drinking now is in a 16 ounce can and this one was 10 bucks. That's still expensive. <laughs> <laughs> I told our staff we're going on a high on a uh, a spending freeze right now because things are getting things are getting crazy outside. But yeah, yeah, we don't want to be spending ten dollars on sixteen <laughs> ounces of beer. Yeah, I just I just uh, th you know there's a deal going on at the at the local Albertsons where buy one six pack get one half off. So that's oh, why okay. I've been stacking up. I've been going every day and get up two six packs so I could save you know, half a half on the other. So I'm, so okay. I basically got 12 beers for the price you paid for that for less than you paid for that, that one anniversary beer. Listen, don't rub it in. The <laughs> beer was good. I mean, it was a barrel aged beer and even Megan enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. She took, she took her sip though. And I said, you know what? No, no, no more from you. Cause I'm uh, this is mine. Yeah. 120 ounces versus 16 ounces. Yeah. I'll take the 120. <laughs> Yeah, me too. And your math beats mine all day. So, and last but not least is going to be Humble Pie from Hidden Springs Ale Works, which another one in their long line of uh, Berliner Weiss styles. And this one was a boysenberry... Uh, wow. Blank brain's gone. Berliner Weiss. Berliner Weiss with some lactose in it. Okay, and it, and it did have some of that kind of graham crackery pie crust flavor to it as oh, well. Oh, nice. So nice! It was pretty awesome.
Um, but I gave that one 4.25 caps uh, on that rating. So, yeah, that's been our new and noteworthy so far. Awesome. Well, at least you have some new and noteworthy. I just I haven't been going to the co-op, so I haven't been getting like new beers that I haven't already talked about. So, yeah. But maybe next, maybe this weekend I'll I'll venture out to the co-op and pick up a few new things, uh, and you know, also support local. Always supporting local. Yeah, I did go out a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I stopped at Total Wine, which isn't really saying much, but I did grab two bottles of uh, 2020 Bigfoot from Sierra Nevada. Yeah, have you drank it yet? No, I and I bought two bottles because that's all they had on the shelf. Mm-hmm. And I really, I want to drink one right now because in the last, I don't know, probably year or so, I've been very much enjoying the barley wines. I know like you have as well. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I love um, barley but, wine. But I'm like, I, I really want to drink it, but do I sit on it? Do I try it now and then compare it to... I, a, I think you should try it now. It's very drinkable right now. I had one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very drinkable now, but there is a lot of a lot of hop flavor uh, oh. in in the beer, so it's it's definitely got some hoppy flavor to it, and that just throws it off for me. I just don't want my barley wines to have you know floral hop flavor in it or whatever it is. You know, mm. I, don't, I just don't want that. I want I like I like the English ones better myself. So it was good, but I did rate it lower than I rated other Bigfoot because it just seemed to have more of that that you know flavor in it this time than i remember from before okay well yeah. guess we'll have to try that for but, next time but it's a good beer i mean I, I still enjoyed it yeah and i always like the um the bottle caps that go with them too yeah there was uh if anybody ever gets the chance to go to the brewery in uh in north carolina they've got they've got all this display of um Sierra Nevada related items like they have a bottle of Bigfoot in the display case for every almost every single year oh, wow. from like 1990 something mm. and it's uh it's pretty amazing to see all that so nice all right well you know what it's time for voicemails and we have a voice we have two voicemails from one person we have uh Mr. Robbie Sanders at Mudshanker he left us some voicemails. So let's go ahead and cue these up and listen to them. Hey, fellas, it's Robbie Sanders in Virginia. I was calling you. I, I thought about you. I'm going, since we're stuck at the house, on quarantine or whatever, voluntary lockdown, I'm on my way to pick up my first all-grain recipe and give me something to play with while I'm at the house. But I thought about you, and I have you saved in my phone, so I wanted to call and say hi. Thanks for the podcast again, and uh, wish me luck. should be an adventure. I'll keep you posted. Put it on Twitter or something. Later, guys. Be safe. All right, so that's the first one. He did send another one right after that. Let me play this one. Hey, guys. Excuse me. Robbie again. I forgot to say in my last message that if this uh, batch turns out to be consumable, I'm trying to come up with some sort of a name with a play on this whole quarantine, corona, no corona, something like that. I don't know. Or maybe you guys could maybe help inspire me there um, on your next podcast. Or you don't have to. I'll come up with something (laughs) and let you know. Anyway, thank you, guys. Bye. 
Hey, Robbie, we are not going to let you down because this is right up our alley. We love coming up with bizarre, strange, funny names for beers and stuff. Beer so, names sell it for me. I mean, that's... Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so for one thing, Robbie, you didn't tell us what the style of beer that you were going to be brewing up. So we put together, each of us have a list. Uh, and we put together some generic names and then some uh, some names if you actually if if it actually matches the style that you're brewing might go well with that style. So uh, uh, let's I'll go ahead and start off, Chris, and then okay. I'll let you read yours after I do mine. So starting off with my list, I have the anti-corona hoarder ale, the COVID survivalist, the shelter with beer, the prepper survival ale, the outbreak observer ale, the Corona crisis 2020. The Wuhan cough Kolsch. That's a that's a special if you're brewing a Kolsch, which probably not. <laughs> uh, the COVID crud, and here's here's one of my favorites here. The inoculation protocol ale, also mm. known as IPA. Huh? If you're doing an IPA, it's perfect. Good job. Uh, the ninety the ninety nine problems and a Corona eight one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I I actually put ninety eight, but I meant ninety nine. <laughs> uh, pandemic, please. The Hoarder Hater, the Curve Flattener Pell. That's another, uh, if, you do, <laughs> if you do a Pale L, nothing like a Curve Flattener. You know, that's a big, you know, buzzwords right now, flatten mm -hmm. that curve. And then the last one I have is Big Trouble from Wuhan, China. That's a good one. I like that <laughs> one a lot. So th those are what I came up with. All right, Chris, what'd you come up with? So I'll, I'll go ahead and admit, Denny, and you and I have been having a conversation throughout the day that not all of these are from my brain specifically. <laughs> um, and I'll tell you outright, um, Robbie, I will tell you outright that I, I posted this this question to uh, a couple of local beer pages here in the Tampa area. And some of these came out and I thought they were pretty funny. And then some people... Some people were just really butthurt that we would do something like this. So <laughs> I say, screw them. This is how I this is how I get through crisis by laughing at it. So uh, here's here's what myself and the other beer pages came up with. So first is going to be pandemic pilsner. Nice. Uh, catch me outside. <laughs> uh, one guy said he was doing a single hop variety homebrew himself, and he was just calling it isolation. Ah. Yes. Uh, so I thought that worked out. Uh, this one going viral, COVIDiocracy. <laughs> I thought that was pretty That's good. Nice. Um, uh, so uh, sadly enough, somebody put the the hashtag social distance or social distancing. Come to find out, Cigar City has already um, copyrighted that or trademarked that. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, so we'll see what comes out from them. Uh, COVID four twenty. <laughs> COVID-69. Uh, <laughs> like a good neighbor, stay over there. Nice. Uh, lockdown lager. Uh, introvert's dream, which I thought one was pretty good. Yeah. Not your father's corona. Another good one. Uh-huh. Kung flu brew. Love it. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> Pan pandemic watch 2020. Um, this next one was for someone who said, Hey, if you're going to do any variants on maybe a stout or anything like that, this one could be, you could start out with quarantine volume one, and this one could be snack fort. <laughs> and the last one, uh, Verona Cyrus. So taking the C and the V <laughs> flip flopping it in the words. And, uh, instead of being coronavirus, it would be Verona Cyrus. Yeah. I liked a lot. Yeah. Well, there you go, Robbie. I hope. Maybe some of these helped. And if we have any other listeners out there who 
uh, can think of some great names for beers, send them our way and we'll uh, hook Robbie up with the names. I, Robbie, I'm going to go ahead and uh, I don't have your email, I don't think, but I do have you on Twitter. So maybe I'll just send a direct message with these names that Chris and I came up with and you can go ahead and, you know, if anything strikes your fancy, you can use it. If not, you can do a playoff of what we did and, and make your own. But let us know what you finally decide because we're excited to hear about your beer. All right, so we also had some feedback um, today. We just got some uh, some emails today, and one email was from our buddy Johan Halberg, uh, and I'll just go ahead and, and read this. He says, hi, guys. Thank you for the shout-out on my 50th birthday in the latest episode, 147. Great show, as always, and I really enjoy listening to Buck Buchanan's journey with Core 4 Brewing. It's always interesting to get an inside look on how to start a brewery, and it seems like a really cool place to visit. Speaking of places one would like to visit, Jim Dandy Brewing. Sounds like just the kind of place I'd like to hang out at. And who knows? My better half really wants to visit Yellowstone National Park, and it looks doable to make a trip to Pocatello from there. We just have to get through this corona crap first. And, Johan, yes, if you do end up coming to Yellowstone, it's not too far to you know come a little bit further down to uh, Pocatello, and that'd be a great place for us to meet and go drink some beer at Jim Dandy and and visit. Uh, look oh, forward to that. So that's the, that's surprisingly not too far. Two and a half hours. Yeah. So that's that's a great plan. So if you guys do decide to do that, that's that'll be a one hundred percent sure chance that I'll easily be able to to meet you guys and uh, and 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 buy your beer. I'll buy mm-hmm. I'll buy your fiftieth uh, birthday beers at Jim Dandy. <laughs> well, seriously, if you like, I, said, I think I said this in another show. If you're going to come all the way from Sweden, I would gladly make the trip out there to go visit. All right, excellent. Let's plan that. All right. He also goes on to say, episode one forty six was excellent. Really nice to hear the story about Jim Dandy. And as a home brewer, I especially enjoyed the more technical stuff. Also love the fact that it was nearly a two-and-a-half-hour show. (laughs) (laughs) Yoan likes the uh, the long shows. Mm -hmm. Uh, Here's for you, Chris. And Chris, you're obviously a natural at Swedish language. You nailed it. Thank you again for putting out an awesome content every week. Keep safe and cheers. All right. So now you know your second language or your your next language you got to learn is is Swedish. Talk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you're like, you're awesome at it. So... Uh, well, thank you, Johan. We really appreciate the feedback, and man, we really got excited to hear that maybe your trip to the U.S. might bring you to Yellowstone and bring us together uh, at Jim Dandy. That'd be fantastic. Cause I, I, I think you'll love it there. It's a, it's a really great venue. And I love it there. All right, Chris. We had a listener question from David Makazuki. You want to go ahead and. And read that for us? Sure. So David Makazuki wrote in. He's at YoJimbo2000. And he said, hey, guys, I hope you are all doing well during these crazy times. I hope none of the listeners actually believe that the coronavirus and corona <laughs> beer were related. Yeah, I hope me. I hope so. Either. Yeah. Uh, in California, we are under the orders to shelter in place. Basically, stay at home and do not get near people. Brewery tap rooms are closed, but many breweries are open for online phone ordering with curbside pickup. During these times, what beers have you or will you stock up on? I have been drinking up my stash, but we'll be ordering some Alasta Brewing Highway 39. It's a rich, malty, and flavorful lager. Always enjoyable and easy to drink. 
take care and stay healthy. All right. Well, G- well, you know what, David, that's a great question. And, you know, I've already kind of mentioned that in my noteworthy beers. I am mm-hmm. strictly filling my fridge up with local beers as much as I can get in my fridge, keeping it stocked every day. Well, every other day I'm pretty much going and, and filling up what I've already drank. Uh, and like I said, I, I'm hoping that, that I can, uh, that I can withstand any kind of, uh, shutdown for maybe a month, month tops. If, if it looks like it's gonna be longer than a month, I can always cut back my, my drinking a little, <laughs> so I won't drink as much, but, uh, but I'm doing a variety. I'd love to have those lagers. So I've have, uh, you know, I'm drinking an American lager from, from pay up brewing also their Vienna lager, two lagers that are completely different styles. I'm also drinking that Blondell from Firestone Walker, not a local beer, but still one that, that I really enjoy. And then I've got the stouts and brown ales. Uh, oh, I, I didn't mention, I think I also have some Dark Star uh, stout in there from Fremont. Oh. Another one I, I think I didn't mention in the, in the thing. But, you know, so I'm buying a variety of stuff, just things that, that I won't get bored with. And what's interesting is the thing I have the least amount of in my fridge is IPAs. Uh, I only have two IPAs. They're both hazy IPAs. Mm. I've got the Mind Haze from um, Firestone Walker, and I've got the Hazy IPA from Sockeye right now that I'm uh, that I'm drinking. But I'm I'm you know those are like small amounts compared to all the the other stuff I have. That's a, a good variety. So Chris, how about you? How are you going to wait this out? Now, I mean, you mentioned you're brewing beer. That's one yep. way you're going to handle it. So right? I still have probably I still have probably. I've got to be under a gallon of that chocolate milk stout that I brewed around Christmas. So that's going to be on its way out here shortly. So I brewed the summer ale, which should be ready in a, in a minimum of two weeks. Mm -hmm. So while that two weeks is going on, um, I've got some just kind of random ones and twos of, of beers that I've picked up and trying to drink. So I I'm, I'm sticking with the majority of kind of homebrew. And then I think what I'm going to do is um, if I have the opportunity, depending on uh, what the availability is like to walk into a store, um, I almost bought a Sierra Nevada like uh, sampler pack the other day while I was at Sam's Club. Mm-hmm. But because the lines were so long at <laughs> Sam's Club. Yeah. So... So if anybody shops at Sam's Club, download their app. You can scan all your stuff in your cart and walk out the front door. You don't have to wait in line. Oh, so wow. I, yeah, it's an amazing feature. And I said, well, if I grab this this Sierra Nevada, I will have to wait in line because somebody is going to go, oh, well, you can't buy that unless yeah. you check your ID. Yep. So I passed it up. But I'm, I really do want to make a run. Uh, Megan's been talking about running over to Hidden Springs just to see what they have available to to uh, to the public. and then also run over to Total Wine or run back over to Sam's Club and get that uh, that Sierra Nevada pack. Yeah, yeah, that'll do it. I, I was thinking, too, of doing some sampler packs, but I uh, just there hasn't been – for one thing, we don't have any sampler packs for local stuff. I'd have to get mm-hmm. something that's a regional beer, which is fine. I, I could probably do, you know, a regional pack from Deschutes. I love all their stuff. But what I found, again, what I found – is that a lot of these sampler packs are chock full of IPAs or poppy stuff. And I, you know, I, I just want, I, you know, 
I'm trying to tone back on my IPAs because I, you know, a lot of the one-offs, like one-can stuff I buy is IPAs or hazy IPAs yeah. from Revision or from Belching Beaver or, you know, whatever other places are making these IPAs. And I, so I end up stocking up on one-offs of those. And I, and by the time I finish drinking, you know, 10 IPAs, I'm pretty much IPA out. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't want to drink, you know, a bunch of IPA. That's why I've, I've pretty much just kept a lot of, you know, multi stuff uh, in in my fridge. But but yeah, sampler packs would be good. I I also should probably pick up a second beer fridge so I can have I can double up. Yeah, it probably wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah, and I I probably should get a uh, a, a generator too so I can keep my beer fridge cold when it's uh, when we lo- if we lose power, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's gonna happen. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, David, for your question. Uh, Listeners, let us know how you're stocking up for this uh, shelter-in-place behavior that that pretty much the entire country will be going into shortly. Uh, Very interested to hear on how you're holding out over this uh, rough time. And you know what? So interested that I'm posting it on our Facebook page right now. Oh, there you go. Easy peasy. Okay, and if you'd like to contact the show with your questions or comments, you can reach us through email at tapthecraft at gmail.com or on Twitter at tapthecraft. And feel free to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash tapthecraft and go ahead and leave your, what you're, you know, how you're stocking up for the uh, quarantine on our Facebook post. And don't forget, we do have that voicemail number. You can call us at 208-536-3359 or 203 or 208-53-ODDLY to leave your voicemail. And if you do leave a voicemail, uh, I'll send you some stickers, some tap to craft stickers as a thank you for being part of the show. And we'd like to thank open forum radio network for supporting the show and providing the hosting space at openforumradio.com. And we invite you to check out the other shows on the network. All right. Now it's time for the brew buzz and the brew buzz is devoted to various brilliant topics. And this week we are discussing the history of the dry stout. I normally, when I research uh, topics like this, I, I usually go to a bunch of different sites and grab pieces here and there and, and, and paste, you know, put together my own little, my own little summary of the content. But uh, this, uh, this article that I, uh, that I found was, did a really good job of, of telling the history of, of the dry stout. So I thought most of the content in here uh, I took just from that article. And I'll post the article at, on the show notes so you can go find it. Uh, later on if you want to read it in detail. Um, so I did get this uh, information from the article called The Evolution of Dry Stout by K. Florian Klimp. And I found this on the allaboutbeer.com website. So if you want to go check it out, go check it out. So let's get into the history a little bit. And uh, thanks to Guinness, stout is one of the most far-reaching and recognizable types of beer in the world. Though dry stout is synonymous with Ireland... English brewers also played a historical significant role in the development of the style. Dublin and London versions were essentially identical brews two centuries ago. Sibling rivalries at home and abroad. Stout originally meant any beer of fortitude, no matter the color. There were pale and brown stout, the latter forerunner to porter. Proper porter, brewed entirely with brown malt, emerged in the early 18th century. Brewed to a multitude of strengths, stout porter or a similar derivative would have been the stronger version. By the end of the 18th century, stout mostly came to describe strong versions of porter only, and eventually a style itself rather than an adjective. 
A normal hierarchy of names, according to British beer writer Martin Cornell, was common porter, best porter, stout or single stout, double or extra stout, and imperial stout. But there were numerous other designations. The former pale stouts would evolve into barley wine, Burton Ale, Wee Heavy, Old Ale, and such. London and Dublin became the preeminent porter and stout-bearing brewing cities by the mid-19th century. Dublin was dominated by Guinness, prosperous through far-sighted, ingenuous promotion, innovation, and above all, high-quality products. Guinness may be famous now for its draft, extra, and foreign extra stouts, but before getting into the stout business, it brewed ale and porter. Guinness was founded in 1759 by patriarch Arthur Guinness, who leased the dormant brewery at St. James Gate in Dublin. The newly constructed Grand Canal made for convenient shipping of incoming supplies and outgoing casks of ale and porter. This ideal situation gave Arthur Guinness solid footing from the start and coupled his with his vision and shrewd business acumen took Guinness swiftly to the top. He brewed the last Dublin ale in 1799 to concentrate on porter, not because of the popularity of the style in London, but because London porter was chipping away at Dublin's local market. In 1801, the first Guinness West Indian Porter was brewed for export. It is now foreign extra stout. In Dublin, Guinness representatives in 1810 encouraged publicans to push a, quote, stouter kind of porter, one originally called Superior Porter, later Extra Superior Porter, and eventually the now famous Extra Stout. Mm -hmm. In 1819, Daniel Wheeler's revolutionary black patent malt was made available to brewers. Made available to brewers. Guinness was among the first to use this product, discovering it can make suitable porter and stout by using only pale malt and a small amount of patent malt. This was a departure from previous recipes composed of pale, amber, and brown malts. It also lent a distinctive signature roasted flavor. Using this new formula, Arthur Guinness II finalized the extra superior porter recipe in 1821, cited above as the precursor to extra stout. Wow, I'm glad they they changed the name to extra stout instead of keeping the extra superior porter. That's, that's, that was that's a lot a to read. Yeah, that's a lot of that's a lot of uh, words for a name, especially of a at this point in the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after after. 14 percent uh big mm-hmm. thick stout yeah. which i just finished oh there you go there you go yep, it's gone <laughs> all right this is where dublin and london stouts diverged over the next few decades decades according to some observers dublin stout using the guinness template came to mean a marginally drier version made only with pale and patent malt the attenuation was largely due to the exclusion of less fermentable amber and brown malts london stout truer to precursors, used pale and brown malts, but often a bit of the newly minted patent malt and perhaps amber and crystal malt. Some brewers avoided using the patent malt altogether, relying on the traditional brown malt. These ambiguous, high-quality Irish and English porters and stouts became dominant beers of the 19th century. Porter and stout could be brewed from a single recipe using an equivalent amount of malt but varying the volume of brewing liquor to produce the different strength beers or modifying hop levels. Records show 
Our records also show that some were tailoring recipes for individual brews using pale, amber, brown, and or patent malts. Generally speaking, stouts and porters from all destinations were rather similar, brewed with largely the same ingredients crafted to the preferences of the individual breweries. London breweries were by now exporting their product, mostly porter, worldwide, and Guinness was doing the same with stout. By the mid-1800s, Guinness products could be found from the United States to New Zealand and were called single stout or porter, double stout or extra stout, and foreign extra stout. Wow. That's it's still <laughs> still a lot of words to call their beer. Yeah. Anyway, between 1830 and 1880, beer was taxed by ingredients, namely malt and hops, rendering unmalted grain illegal. The beer tax of 1830 gave way to the Free Mash Ton Act in 1880, which taxed the original wort gravity, allowing inclusion of adjunct grains and sugars. Many brewers switched from roasted malt to cheaper roasted barley, a move likely noticed only by most by the most discerning palates and traditionalists. Guinness made the alteration around 1929 or 1930. By the early 20th century, porter had essentially run its course in England and was replaced by stout as the dark beer of choice. Along the way, stout had also lost its meaning as a strong beer, but simply a black beer, chiefly brewed in England and Ireland. The dry stouts contrasted greatly with sweet milk stouts, favored at the turn of the century. Sweet stouts became England's preferred roasty beer, leaving Ireland's chief domain of the dry version. Guinness, always keen on innovation, continued to evolve. It replaced some pale malt with flaked barley sometime in the 1950s, and in 1959 introduced the draft dispense system using a mixture of carbon dioxide and nitrogen. The draft dispense was designed to duplicate the high and low cask method of blending lively young beer with flat mature beer from a separate from separate casks. This serving method brings the impressive surge that settles into a tight, tenacious, long-lasting head. It has been copied by many brewers sink- seeking to emulate the soft flavor, mouthfeel, and presentation in stouts, porters, and ales. The can widget a more recent invention offers the same effect. Yeah. Though Irish stout has become synonymous with dry stout, most brewed today emulate the historical versions from Dublin and London and not the modern Irish type. Most plain dry stouts are now brewed to modest gravity with with a diverse malt bill and fuller character than Irish dry stouts. That radical export stout brewed by Guinness in 1821 and its London counterpart helped cast the die for the most active brewing market in the world, North America, well, North America. (laughs) (laughs) American brewers especially gravitate to stouts early on, and it continues to to be standard fare. American-style dry stouts are stylized with the typical affection for American hops, including heavier aromatic additions and fermented with neutral American ale yeast. They usually have complex grain bills liberally liberally augmented with crystal and chocolate malts with up to 10% black malt or roasted barley or malt. Brown or amber malts are used on occasion. Gravities range from 5.5% to 7.5%. Those designated English stouts 
are similar to the Americanized version, especially with regard to malt, malt and grain, but use English ingredients where appropriate or feasible. There is a firm base of bittering hops and more subdued aromatic additions. English ale yeast gives them an authentic footprint. They are a nod to tradition and are generally made pretty well. Strength would be roughly the same as American stout. Those made to the modern Irish template would be of a lower gravity, 4 to 5%. They would contain adjunct grain, minimal character malts, a copious addition of roasted barley or malt, well-dosed with bittering hops, and fermented with an attenuative Irish yeast. Trends come and go in brewing, but our hankering for plain old stout will never wane. All right, so there's the history of the Irish stout. Or the dry stout, I guess. Uh, but now let's go into some basic style guide of the Irish dry, Irish style dry stout according to the craftbeer.com website, the Craft Beer Association. So it says dry stout is a black beer with a dry roasted character thanks to the use of roasted barley. The emphasis on coffee-like roasted barley and moderate degree of roasted malt aromas define much of the character. Hot bitterness is medium to medium high. Uh, this beer is often dispensed via nitrogen gas taps that lend to a smooth, creamy body to the palate. Let's see. The aroma flavor. Hop aroma and flavor are very low and from European-type hops. The hop bitterness is a medium to medium high. The dry stout achieve a dry roasted character through the use of roasted barley. Initial malt and light caramel flavors give way to a distinctive dry roasted bitterness in the finish. Uh, emphasis of a coffee-like roasted barley and a moderate degree of roasted malt flavors define a lot of the character. And there's also some fruity esters, which are uh, minimal and, and overshadowed by the malt. Uh, it also has a high bitterness and roasted barley character. And uh, just to finish this off real quick, the body is soft, uh, so is soft to mouth coating. Carbonation is low to medium. Uh, the finish length is short to medium. And attenuation is also medium. The ingredients, the, the, a lot of the key ingredients here for the hops is Kent Goldings. For malt, British pale, flaked barley, and black roasted barley. And the yeast is an ale yeast. So there you go. There's our dry stout uh, style and history. And I will say, you, I know that, that uh, St. Patrick's Day came and went with, a, with kind of a, a, a fizz because everything was kind of shut down here. We didn't have any places that were really having parties. They pretty much kind of closed everything down. Mm -hmm. So I chose to celebrate at home. Uh, I bought a four-pack of those uh, Guinness uh, cans, 16-ounce uh, cans, and drank all four uh, yeah. that night. And I didn't even have a buzz because they are they are low in alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> but but I will say too that um, you know last summer Sarah and I did go to Ireland and we did visit the St James Brewery in Dublin and we did drink a lot of of uh, Guinness dry stout uh, while we we're there across the entire country. And I don't know what it is, but it just tastes better in Ireland. I I. I I drank all four of those cans and I enjoyed them, but I just didn't enjoy them as much as I did while I sat, uh, you know, at the brewery drinking them fresh. That is that is the exact same thing that I hear every single time that either someone goes to Ireland, uh, 
and has the Guinness there and they come home and go, yeah, I'm ruined on it. I, it's, <laughs> it's just never the same. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Chris, what did you do for St. Patty's Day? Uh, I honestly don't remember. Oh, it was that. Memorable. And, and no, and not because, not because it was, uh, oh, we went out and had St. Patrick's day. No, it was just because <laughs> nothing was going on yeah, and yeah. everything was canceled and closed and yeah. all that good stuff. So it, it was probably just another day. Oh, you didn't buy any Guinness to celebrate? No, oh. I, I did not. Yeah. I, uh, I, I have failed my Irish roots and, uh, did not. Did not do anything okay. really for Saint Saint Patty's Day. All right. Well, next year you have to change it up. Well, I'll probably have to do double next year. So <laughs> yeah, for sure, <laughs> buckle up because here comes the stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We gotta do a big. Do a big. Yeah. All right, Chris. Well, you know what? Uh, people will be disappointed that this is a shorter show. I lived up to to the hype. I said it was going to be a short show, and look at this. It's a short show. It is not even ten o'clock, Denny. I know, I know, but uh, you know, you—I don't want to lose you after drinking that fourteen ounce or fourteen percent beer. I'm afraid I'm going to lose you any minute now. Oh, if anything, I'm <laughs> more ready to go. <laughs> All the sugar. <laughs> yeah, between that and the nice buzz I have going on, we're we're good. So, okay. Well, if you don't want to don't want to stop early, do you have an article you want to talk about or anything? Not that I know of. Oh, okay. So you're not prepared. I am ill-prepared, yeah. Okay, yeah. You know what? All the articles that have been going on have been focused around surviving the coronavirus and, and you know, cleaning, cleanliness and helping. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's a lot of that stuff. And so I, I wasn't – I don't think there's anything I really wanted to, to go after. Um, I'm trying to think of other news things that have happened since our last show that we haven't talked about, but – no, that's that's pretty much it. That's the all-encompassing uh, news category for right now. And just yeah. be safe, don't be stupid, and uh, do what you need to do. <laughs> All right. Okay, then, on that note, uh, we hope that we were able to bring uh, a little bit of fun to this, uh, you know, kind of, you know, almost miserable time in our lives where we people are staying mm-hmm. home, not able to go out and socialize, uh, can't can't find any toilet paper to keep himself clean. I mean, it's, it's it's rough times. I mean, I I never thought that uh, I, there'd be a toilet paper shortage. So that's <laughs> I never you have to know. Look, you just have to know which people you can take out and just snag it out of their cart. There's not a shortage. Oh, okay, okay. You gotta be tough. You gotta be tough. Nah, it's it's uh, you gotta look, but it's there. Yeah. Okay. All right, Chris. So before we go, though, I always like to give an opportunity to go ahead and raise a glass to someone like to raise a glass to. So who'd like to toast tonight? I have a couple of glasses I would like to raise. First and foremost, Matt Strong. Uh, Matt is not only a new listener um, as of, I don't know, about two hours ago, <laughs> uh, but he is also a new owner with the dog training franchise that we that uh, we're part of, of Sit Means Sit. So Matt, I want to raise a glass to you. Um, he actually called me today about uh, about some information about some things that were going on in uh, in just kind of the training world. And I finally got to talk to him in person, and it was really cool to make a new friend. Matt is going to be in the uh, northern Maryland area, so Chad Lamasa, he's going to be near you in the, the Towson Hunts, uh, Hunt Valley area. And um, I also just wanted to raise – I wanted to raise a glass to him just because uh, it's always cool to not only have – 
new beer friends, but new friends within our training organization as well. So Matt, cheers to you. Um, and then guys, I'm really excited. We have a new sponsor coming on. Um, yeah, so we're finishing up the, uh, the whole process and procedure with them, but brewer shirts.com. Um, the glass I'm drinking out of tonight, I actually got that for Christmas from Megan and it came from the fine folks at brewershirts.com. So go check them out. You can find them on Facebook, Instagram at, and Twitter at brewershirts.com. And we'll be getting uh, some information together for them here very soon. They're, uh, they're going to be giving away or giving us to give away. Uh, some $20 gift cards to their website. They've got t-shirts, they've got glasses, they've got hoodies, long sleeve shirt, tank tops, uh, barware, bottle openers. I mean, it's a pretty wide variety of, of stuff that they have. And then uh, they're also going to be giving us a promo code to use where they're going to give us 15% off of anything on their site. Oh, nice. Yeah. So go and check them out. Brewershirts.com. Um, and uh, I'll post them up on our on our Facebook page here uh, shortly. Okay, cool, cool. So um, yeah, I just want to toast all of our listeners. Uh, just and while for one thing, I want to toast, raise my glass up, and say, hey, stay strong, uh, support your local breweries as much as you can. Uh, I, I'd hate to see a lot of these businesses go out. So go go get their beer. Try to keep them surviving and i also want to just raise my glass to all the local breweries out there stay strong uh you can get through this and i hope that uh local governments uh any and maybe even the federal government can step up and and keep our our you know our uh our small businesses alive during this time i, I don't want to see them bail out banks and cruise ships and you know other stuff i like to you know, let's keep our our local businesses, you know, our our small businesses going. So, um, I'm hoping that that uh, some stuff will will help them out for sure. And uh, I also want to raise my glass to the uh, you know to Jim Kudzel and Tara Carlson and and their daughter Haven. Um, you know, the the week that our show got released, they were driving up to New York City. <laughs> <laughs> they were going into the belly of the beast to go brew you know, L trail hopping from brewery to brewery. And I'm just thinking to myself when they're writing me, you know, emails and, and messages and stuff, I'm like, holy, and send me pictures of their different visits. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is not where I want to be right now. I, and I just felt very, uh, I, I, you know, I, I felt very nervous for them because I was thinking to myself, man, that's a hot spot. A lot of people, a lot of international travelers coming and going, uh, a lot of opportunity to you know, catch this virus is definitely in New York, but yeah. they did return back on this last Tuesday. Uh, so far they're, they're all healthy and doing well. And I'm, I'm hoping I'm raising my glass to them too, just to say, Hey, stay strong. And, uh, and if, and if anything does happen to you guys and you get ill, let me know. Uh, I just, yeah, I care about you guys and make sure that, that we can do whatever we can to, to support you. So cheers to you and don't take any more chances. <laughs> Yeah. All right. And also, being a former serviceman, I want to raise my glass and thank all those who have served and who are currently serving in the U.S. military services, protecting our freedoms. Uh, I hope all those deployed are able to return home safely to their families very soon. Cheers to you. And uh, Chris, you want to go ahead and, uh, I, I guess, maybe give our last uh, uh, toast out to our 
to our B Cup sponsors? Sure. I uh, want to raise a glass to B Cups, the supplier of outdoor craft beer cups for partnering up with us. And I encourage our listeners to go visit their site at bcups.net. That's B-C-U-P-S.net. Or you can check out the other things that they have going on at fermentedreality.com and check out the world's first full line of style-specific plastic beer cups for people on the go. Whether you're hanging out on the beach, by the pool, hiking in the wilderness, or even enjoying Enjoying some time on the boat, B-Cups are great for any place you can't use standard glassware. You can also go visit our friends over at Tavor. You can use the promo code TAPTHECRAFT, which is all one word, and they'll give any new user a $10 credit after they spend $25. And you can find the beers and links to the articles mentioned in the show in the show notes located on the show post at openforumradio.com. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at Loose Screw. And Chris, how can our listeners follow you? So you can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore McKenzie 82 or Untapped and Instagram at MCK1345. And of course, you can always find me on Facebook, on our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash Tap the Craft. All right, it is last call. It's time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening to this show. We ask you to please tell a friend and, of course, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, Google Play, and Spotify, or however you listen to your podcast. And as a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Brewed to a multitude of strengths, the stout porter or similar derivative. What the hell is that word? <laughs> I read all this thing before I even started. Derivation. Derivation. What the fork is that? I don't know. Okay, I got to wanna... change. I'm changing that word up. Hold on, I got. I got to look this word up. Obtaining it... or developing something from a source or origin. Like a derivative. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to change that to derivative. She's a mo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Brewed to a multiple. <laughs> 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 All right, we'll get through this. Don't worry. You got this. I, you, I, you I, I know we're almost over, right? I'm like, okay, we're almost no, done. No, you're fine. <laughs> okay, I need to refill my glass. Okay. How are you doing with your beer? Are you still drinking that thing? I, yeah, there's, I mean, there's maybe three or four ounces left but damn <laughs> but it'll you'll make it through the end of the show with that right well this is a 14 and a half percent yeah yeah you're good, good. you yeah, might need yeah. to fill up on some water yeah i've had a lot of water today so i'm i'm good okay so i'll, I'll see you when you get back all right i'll just be a minute <laughs> Thank you for holding. We appreciate your patience. Someone will be right with you. <laughs>